The Holy Gospel according to John, the 20th chapter. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands, and put my finger in the mark of the nails, and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, the disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. Jesus came and stood among the disciples and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Some years ago, the chaplain at Duke University was preaching a chapel sermon to students and parents new incoming students and their parents at the beginning of the school year. And during his sermon, he was talking about how God has a special task for each one of his followers. And then the chaplain used a kind of an expression to explain that. He said, uh, it's almost like God has plans for you, and that almost like God has put a special mark on you. 
Well, later, after that chapel service, this woman came up to him with her freshman incoming student son. And she introduced her son to the chaplain, and then she pointed to her son, and she said, this boy is marked. And the chaplain looked a bit puzzled, and she went on to explain. She said, we nearly lost him in the first six weeks of his life. They kept him in the pediatric ICU all that time, and during that time, he just hovered between life and death. And I told God that if he lived, I would dedicate him to God. And to this day, he wears a scar. It's a scar on his heel where they fed him with an IV, right on his heel. And I look at that scar, and I think of it as God's mark. And when he was a little boy, I would tell him, God's got plans for you. You've got the scar to prove it. You are a gift. Well, almost all scars have a story. There's always a story connected with a scar, it seems, and often the story about someone's scar is a significant story, is it not? And so as Jesus meets with his disciples in these days following the resurrection, one thing that seemed important to them is that he wears the scars. There they are, tucked away behind locked doors, and the real sign that this one who appeared to them in that locked room, the one they were seeing, was Jesus because they could see the scars and wounds of the nails and the spear. And then a week later, when he appeared again, and this time Thomas was there, what did he do? But again, he showed them his scars, his wounds. The scars are important, and they have a way of saying who he really is. For the Christ who rose from the dead on Easter Sunday bears the scars of Good Friday. And it seems like they could only know him, that is, really know him by his scars. And that's good news, in that the risen Christ is known by his scars because it says to us, our God is a wounded God. Our God is is a wounded God. That was a fact that sustained the Christian martyr Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was executed by Hitler's people for taking a courageous stand against Nazi racism. And during all that tumultuous time, Bonhoeffer once said, only a suffering God can help. Somehow it was important to him that the risen Christ should be known by his scars. Well, we need to know that too. We need to know that our God did not just hover above in a safe place, hover above the heartache of this world, but that he chose to be a suffering God, one who lived as we live, one who would die as we all must die, and would bear the same kind of wounds that we must bear in a world where people get wounded. 
The risen Christ bears the scars of Good Friday. That fact was helpful to a woman who recently became a new Christian. And she gets a lot of joy out of it, but some of her friends have been telling her that if you are a real Christian, you will always feel joy and peace in your heart all the time. But there are times when this woman feels sadness. There are times when the abuse she experienced as a child still haunts her. And even though her Christian faith has brought her much joy, she still bears scars. Well, John's gospel says, so did Christ. And don't we all have scars? I know on the back of my head, if my hair didn't cover it, you'd see it. On the back of my head, (laughs) on the back of my head, I have a scar that came about when I was a five-year-old boy running around in my grandparents' old house. And my father said to me, stop running. You might fall, you might get hurt. And I didn't listen, I didn't stop running, and I did get hurt. I hit the side of this big, heavy oak door with the side of my head, and about an hour later, there I was on the table in Dr. Ager's office getting stitches in the back of my head. And I still bear the scar as a sign of disobedience. (laughs) All our scars, you see, have a story connected with them. One man said, quite simply, he said, to be human is to have scar tissue inside and out. We have scars, all of us. We have scars on our bodies. We have scars on our feelings. We have scars on our memories. As the man said, to be human is to have scar tissue. A pastor was telling about meeting a friend for lunch, but he was about 15 minutes late for their luncheon appointment. And when he arrived, his friend was pacing, was perspiring, was um, breathing heavily, was very nervous. And it seemed like quite an overreaction to just being a few minutes late. But then his friend went on to explain. He told about how when he was just a little boy, his mother and he were driving in the car and she dropped him off under a big shady tree in a park, dropped him off to play there. And she said, I'll come back in a little while and pick you up. And she never returned. And this friend said, whenever someone who means a lot to me disappears or is late or doesn't show up, I can't help it. All kinds of fears kick in. Well, this man is an adult. He's a prominent citizen. He is a community leader, and he has scars. But he can take heart knowing that the Christ of Easter still bore the wounds of Good Friday, that he who once cried, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me, 
that he is the one who is present with us. And that is the one who invited Thomas to reach out and touch his scars. For he does not deny the reality of pain. He does not deny the reality of wounds and scars, but he joins us in a world of pain and scars. A world where people don't show up when we need them. A world where people break their promises. A world where people let other people down. A world where people stay behind locked doors like Jesus' disciples did. Today's gospel reading says, He showed them his hands and his side, and then he said to them, and we kind of assume that he's also saying it to us, as the Father has sent me, so also I am sending you. And so he sends us with an Easter message. It's an Easter message, scars and all. For as the man said, to be human is to have scar tissue inside and out. And in a way, we too are known by our scars. And it may be that the wounded ones are the ones through whom God is bringing healing to others. It may be that our wounds are what enables us to become healing caregivers when some kind of caring is needed. There is a place in God's work for wounded healers. That term, wounded healer, I have seen victims of cancer reaching out in understanding ways to others who recently had discovered their own cancerous condition. I have seen families of mentally ill persons give needed encouragement to each other as they have had to deal with difficult situations. I have seen victims of sexual abuse become agents of healing as they exposed their own pain to persons who were just beginning to come to grips with what they themselves had been through. Wounded healers. That term, wounded healer, was coined in the 1930s by the psychologist Carl Jung. But then later... A Roman Catholic priest named Father Henry Nouwen wrote a book explaining more about the Christian understanding of a wounded healer. And here is what Father Nouwen has said. He said, no one escapes being wounded. We are all wounded physically, emotionally, and spiritually. He says the important thing is How do we put our woundedness into the service of others? When our wounds become a source of healing, then we have become wounded healers. He says, Jesus is God's wounded healer. Through his wounds, we are healed. And as followers of Jesus, we can also allow our wounds to bring healing to others. 
Well, today we are told that Thomas needed to know Jesus as one who had been wounded, as God's wounded healer. He needed to know that Jesus was not only raised on Easter, but that Jesus bears the marks of Good Friday. Or as that man said, to be human is to have scar tissue inside and out. Well, then maybe it is true for us like it was for that freshman boy with the marks that his mother pointed out to the chaplain. God's got plans for you. You've got the scars to prove it. You are a gift. God's peace be with you. Amen.